What's up, you guys? This is your girl, Essence, and you're riding the wave of wisdom in red. And I just want to ask, you know, what is your purpose beyond your title? What is your purpose beyond your title? I just want to go right into it because this is going to be pretty quick. Um, I know last week, uh, my last um, episode, it was almost an hour long, but it's really worth it. You guys need to go check it out. That last episode was regarding uh, whether you are a person being faithful yet you are furious in the process. And I show how that is really a strong contradiction. Um, this, that episode is not necessarily for the people who are, uh, who, who have been faithful and obeying God for real. Like you're just faithful, but you, you have gotten tired in your relationships. This is all relationship talk, by the way, anyhow, so go check that out. And I'm gonna do my best to do one on uh, faithful but tired because there does seem to be a difference and I didn't want my tired people to feel condemned <laughs> or checked uh, rebuked uh, you know in the faithful but furious one but that is a it's got a lot of good nuggets in that um, if you are single if you're thinking about marriage things like that male or female it's a great message uh, gives you some things to think about rather so anyhow our purpose is not in our titles. Um, is Do you feel as though your purpose has been what your titles have been? Mother, father, teacher. You know, are they in these uh, uh, positions, you know, uh, in your career and things like this, your career highs and lows? Are you a minister of music? Are you a minister, preacher, pastor? Um, are you, you know, just whatever your position is, you get the point. Do you feel like that is your purpose? Well, what if the things that, and we hear it and see things like this all the time. What if those things that gave you the, the title stripped away? What happens if that title is stripped away? What happens if that is something you can no longer do? What happens when you become as parents, empty nesters? Uh, oftentimes we hear of people divorcing after they've gotten, um, after their children have grown and moved out the house and started their own families and whatnot, then you see these parents all of a sudden divorcing. Who are you and what is your purpose at that time? Um, so <clears throat> I just want to throw this, run this by you. For one, we should not put our children, our spouses, nothing, nothing before the father. Something very basic, John three sixteen. he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life, right? Well, in understanding that, what's the, what's the thing that we're seeing here is that he put his son, he put his son, excuse me, he, uh, he put his will before his son. Even the son said, I must do what the father's will is. I don't do my own will, but the, but the will of the father. So we have to remember that that is our number one goal. It's to do God's will. And oftentimes we say that God's will is what? <laughs> it's what our title is. It, it's something, well, this is what God has willed for me to do. This is in life. <clears throat> well, what I find interesting is, uh, you know, there's a, a scripture that says that we are crease. And, and I do believe that, you know, let all you that have breath, you know, or all that have breath, praise you the Lord. We do know that. 
but I also want to present something that is right before our eyes that I just think is so profound and it's so sweet and we see it all through Christ's walk in the in the in the scriptures we see it so keenly it's the number one example that Christ gives and it is his relationship knowing the father and because he knew the father he could carry out the father's will but the whole point was that he first knew the father and to to show how big of a deal it is how we are supposed to know the because what is it that the what's the line that he gives that Jesus said that um that would be given uh, uh you know many will say lord lord did i not do this and that in your name he said but he'll say depart from me i never knew you so knowing god is your purpose and somebody may say, oh, I know that, I know that, and that ain't no big revelation, and that, da 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 This isn't meant to be a big revelation. It's really meant to be that simple that we don't forget because it is that simple. That we don't make it harder than what it is. And I'm going to go to the verse in a minute, but oftentimes we get so wrapped up in our titles and having to be ahead of the inflation and <laughs> having to uh, um, do for our children and, 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 and meet standards. And we focus so much on the worldly values, you know, the social values that are placed on our shoulders, you know, to, to, to answer to Caesar, to pay Caesar, you know, what's due him. And then also to be what our kids need for us to be and to be what our careers call for us to be and what our clients need from us and what our spouses need from, from us. But really, this is what God said. He literally shaped everything around us in hopes that we would find him to know him. So this is the whole point is finding God. We go through everywhere. So here's the thing. Our titles really are the things helping us to find God. Our titles are really just, just literally just, just vessels of, <laughs> you know, it's just a conduit to God. And when I say a conduit to God, not like our works get us to God. I don't mean it like that. I mean, in the sense of it's, it's purely about us finding him while we are living life. And then as we live life and we have these titles and we're blessed with these things that we are teaching other people, like Paul does in this verse, teaching other people to also have a mind, look to find God, to search and grope for God. And that's what the, that's what this scripture says. I love Acts 17. Um, this is when uh, Paul, he goes into um, to the Areopagus uh, saying may, you know, excuse me, not, I'm not, I'm not going to read it all out, but he's speaking to the people of Athens, to the men of Athens in the Areopagus. And he's saying, you know, that I perceive 
all these very religious things, you know, for I was passing through all, you know, and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. Now, this is where Paul is about to share the most high with them. You know, he, he wants them to come to have a relationship to understand that in all of these other gods that they're putting up in work, they're, they're spiritual people, but they still don't know God. How many people do we know who are spiritual people, but they still don't know God? Well, he's come up on these people and he's revealing this to them. He said, him, I proclaim to you, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands, although he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood or from one every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of what? Of their dwellings. So that they should seek the Lord. Why? Why has he created all of these boundaries and created everything around us that we see this world? Why has he done all of this? It says in verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord. But why? Why should they seek the Lord? In hopes that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. So your purpose of all of this, where you're living, where God got you planted right now, how we're in this earth, how gravity, how the gravitational pull is perfect for us, how we, uh, you know, uh, have, have the sun and the moon positioned in the right places just so that we can live, move, and have our being. You don't believe me? He says, he's not far from each of us. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. And also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to do what? Repent. Repent. Why? Why do they need to repent? Why do we need to repent? Why is he telling the people that everyone everywhere now has to repent? Because in verse 31, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. And so, of course, you know, then after that, you know, they just kind of uh, mocked and people had something to say and so forth. But Paul departed from among them. He dropped the knowledge and he kept it moving. He told them about the creator and he told them about the son. 
He told them about his resurrection and he even gave it to them in their language as he called God, the most high divine nature. Mm, mm, mm. He says that, so, so my whole point, so my whole point, and he talks about the one whom he has ordained and that everyone has to come to repentance because there's going to be a day of judgment. That was his message. It wasn't comforting. It wasn't making these people feel good in their skin, you know, and it even says that after he shared all of that with them, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, you know, others were saying, Hey, we're going to hear you on this matter. So some wanted to hear more. And so this is a blessing. This is the purpose that we have. That we come to in this darkness, in this world, in this darkness that he said that we can grope, that we should come to seek. He, He created everything that we can come to seek the Lord. He created this earth as a meeting place for us. Do you get that? I mean, I know you do. Because if you're hearing this, you're probably already a believer. God created this world to be a meeting place. So you got to share this with non-believers or share this with people who have questions and whatnot. But you have to understand this is how important this all is, that he created all of this stuff with a meaning and a purpose. It was, it's, it all goes back to God's will. And so every purpose, us being parents in our titles, all of these things, it is to constantly share God. It is to constantly share that our purpose is in meeting and finding him and having relationship with him and understand repenting, coming to know him where we repent to where on that day of judgment, We know that we find his righteousness in us and that we could be called, that we are called his offspring and that we believed in the one whom he appointed and ordained to be resurrected on our behalf and in his will to bring us to him, to reconcile us to him. And so, you know, one of the legacies, so that the legacy, the main legacy, we fight to leave all the money. We fight, you know, we're, we're gathering in all of these things. And except sometimes we're not gathering the right things to leave the right legacy. Have you left a legacy of righteousness to your children already? Because they can have that right now. I like that song, Icon, that's out. Uh, or the, I don't know. I don't even know if it's out right now. I like, but, but, but with Will Smith and, um, and his son, Jaden or whatever, <clears throat> talking about being, you know, just these living icons, Christ, the most high, the Holy spirit. These are living icons. These are, this is a legacy that you can pass down that your children can already begin to reap the benefits of while you're still here. Are you leaving that legacy? The natural stuff, that's really good as well, but you never know if those things will be taken from you before 
anyone could even reap those benefits. You don't know where your children will be if they'll still be here. You don't know if your spouse will still be here. You don't know if your family, other family members will still be here to reap the benefits of that. But right now, they could reap the legacy of Christ, the legacy of their relationship with God right now. Are you leaving that legacy? Is your purpose your title or is God your purpose? Is the most high your purpose? Getting to know him. So that's the thing. Our purposes, we are, you know, it says, let, let every, let everyone that have breath, praise the Lord. That is also our purpose and in praising him. We praise him because we have come to find him. We have come to obey the will of the Lord. And I don't know if I'm even making it as clear as I would like to, but read over Acts 17 from verses 26 to 31 specifically. Acts uh, chapter 17 verses 26 to 31. Because we are literally seeing how he has developed it all just for us to find him and meet him. And it lets us know that earth is just a meeting place. This is just the first stop in eternity till, you know, towards eternity, literally. So we had to make our acquaintances known right now. We had to become developed in our relationship and, 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 and in our covenant with each other now here in this place where, where he says that we should seek him out in hopes that we might find him so that we can grope for him, excuse me, and then find him. And he said he hasn't made himself far from us so that then we can come and we can. So he's telling everybody. So now this is what you do. You, you have sought for him. You seek him out. You grope for him in this dark place and you find him. And when you find him, we repent. In other words, we're casting off this, this old way of doing things because now we have a lordship on the, on the inside of us that is righteous that seeks the will of the creator. We've now come in, in alignment with him in contact with him and we align with him. And now we go forth and we extend the same grace that he's given us of truth. And we share that with others. We share that with others. How dare, how dare we ever be ashamed of that when he's created all of this just for us to get to know this truth that he has come for us and died for us. And now has come to live in us and with us and develop and establish himself with us as if we deserved it. So how dare we ever be ashamed of the gospel to share it? Because Paul gave it to, gave these people the, uh, the, the gospel in the midst of the area uh, of the Areopagus. And some wanted to know more. They were hungry for more. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, let me see more. What's up with this? So now that they can learn and, and be connected to their creator, to our creator and share the gospel as well. Our, is God your purpose? Because I know <laughs> I've been working my tail off with my goals and, and, and with a lot of suffering, a lot of patience, a lot of things. And 
And I want to share this one thing um, that in, and I hope that this, this might be a little off topic. I, I'm going to have to save this one for another, I'll save this one for another day. I'm going I'm to I'm hold on to that one. So in all of this, in all of your saving and building and getting your check every week and, you know, you getting your clothes and your money and your shoes and your hair and your, you know what I mean? And you, and you get that for your kids and you, you know, in their college education or whatever it is that you're trying to do, build your financial wealth. It's nothing wrong with those things, right? It's nothing wrong with those things. But of course, remember Matthew six thirty three. it talks about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added. But remember not to put those things before God, because John three sixteen, God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him shouldn't perish, but have eternal life. Well, look at it like this. God loved the world or love those who, you know, he, he's, he's literally presented himself. He extended his word. Jesus is the word of God. He extended his word. That is so precious. And I think that that's why the Bible gets attacked so much because they don't understand the privilege in getting his word. He even, he, he literally, he sacrificed putting his own inner, the, the closest thing to him. He decided to become intimate with us. He extended his intimacy. He decided to have conversation with us to clean us, to comfort us, to make us whole, to give us a wealthy perspective on, on truth and life and him, to even know him, to even know him that is within the holiest of holies that we should not have access to, but he has extended that to us. So for us to understand excuse me, for us to not understand that and for us to, to, to cut that off and to belittle the word and to, to downplay it and call it a lie, it is to literally go against the work of the Holy Spirit doing this is blasphemous. That's why Jesus said to, to you know, it's worse, you know, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit because you are literally blaspheming the work of God. You're blaspheming the very spirit of God in which everything is being done. So our purpose isn't our titles. God is our purpose. Getting to know him and leaving that legacy of knowing him, of giving our children the word. Do you have Bible studies with your children? Do you pray with your children? If something were to happen, do they know that they have a loving God who, who wants to care for them and speak to them now? Jesus said, don't hinder the children from coming unto him. Let them come. Do you help them or let them come? Or do you teach them that this, this Bible is some, is some crap? Do you teach them? Oh, I don't know if you could believe in it or not. Do you pray over your children? Are you speaking life over them? Are they hearing you believing and seeing you believing and trusting in the most high? Are you preaching the gospel? Do they ever see that? Do, or do they see you doing everything else? And never, or they may even know to give God the credit, but do they know that? 
Or is God just somebody that you wave a hand to and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe even go to church with, but they don't know the intimacy with the father that's available to them. So anyhow, you know, do you leave them? Are you leaving with them the legacy of faith? Have you been leaving with them the legacy of faith? And I'm going to cut out, I'm going to cut it short. Um, I think that, trying to see if there was anything else. I think the last thing that I, you know, just to remember um, faith. That faith is the, is, it's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? And when you think about what this line is saying, it's very powerful because this is what we're leaving our children. This is the legacy. You want to talk about a title as parents. Our purpose in God is to be worked out through the titles, Right? Some could say in many aspects. Um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, that we pass down faith, that we demonstrate our faith, that our children see this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It doesn't say the evidence of things never seen. It says the evidence of things not seen. And then because it says faith is a substance. So how can it be a substance and it's not seen? Well, what I mean, I, I mean, I can go there in many directions. But when you look at the substance of something hoped for, we have to think of all in, in the evidence. We have to think for one, the work of the Holy Spirit fills us up. It's not empty. It's not shallow. It is a true relationship. That is what we gain in our belief in God, in our knowing of him. It's when we know him. Because the Bible even says that the demons believe and tremble, right? But look at how they act. They had no substance. So you have to know God. And, and, and if we really know God, if there's a substance there, your children will see it. And it says it's the evidence. Faith is the evidence of the things not seen. What evidence? They can't see God, but they see you. They can't see God, but are you showing them the scriptures of when he was here, when Christ came, when the word of God dwelt before and amongst men? Do you reveal the other testimonies outside of the Bible, even, even though the Bible speaks for itself, but you know how the world wants to throw all of this doubt, how, you know, uh, trying to make people question whether Jesus was really here. Have your children reading Tacitus and Josephus and all these other writings that had nothing to do with the Bible. And they see the evidence of the faith of those who came before us and how they suffered for it so that your children children get that appreciation for how how much of a of a of a privilege it is to be a believer 
to even have the Bible, the scriptures, the word Jesus in front of them, in them. How blessed we are under the new covenant to have the Holy Spirit now dwelling on the inside of us, not just on, you know, having a, you know, a, a live by the flesh, trying to live out a righteous walk by the flesh. So I just wanted to present that to you guys today. And I hope that I've been able to provide some, some type of encouragement, some type of an uplifting um, to help us to draw closer to knowing God and understanding him and le- understanding that knowing him is a legacy. We are heirs in Christ. And so in that, we leave the legacy to our children, to others around us, to our spiritual children, you know, the ones that just, we kind of adopt in the faith, you know what I mean? Um, so you know, that, that we disciple and, and, and walk the walk out with, that we share within our natural and spiritual family, um, that we know that our purpose isn't in our titles, that our purpose is God. Our purpose is knowing him and not just by name or anything else, but knowing, having deep fellowship with him in the word, in prayer, in faith, and in deed. So I hope this has encouraged you guys. Once again, uh, you have been riding the wave of wisdom in red, and I will see you again when I see you or You'll hear me when you hear me. (laughs) Blessings.